Okay, Parsha has told us. Parsha has told us. Parsha told us is the Parsha that's devoted. Yeah, I know, I know. Parsha has told us is devoted to Yitzchak Avinu, right? In the previous Parsha, this is more the story of Avram Avinu, um, and afterward, really starts the story of Yaakov and Yosef. He doesn't get that much play even during this. Course. Right, Yitzchak is Yitzchak remains one of the most mysterious tzaddikim. Um, on the one hand, in many ways, seems the holiest of the others. The only one who says he's a Eila Tamima, not a lot of God of Yisrael. Um, many things say about Yitzchak. The Gemara says when Mashiach comes, we'll say about Yitzchak, Yata Avinu, more even than Avram and Yaakov. And Yitzchak is this uh, tremendous Sadik in Kodesh, but you're right, as far as the stories of the Torah, there's perhaps less said about Yitzchak. What's even more interesting is what does the Torah tell us about Yitzchak? Is uh, perhaps the thing that takes, takes out the most Psukim is a very strange phenomenon, and that's that he was busy digging wells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, with Avram, it's mentioned, it's short, but Yitzchak, that's like a, a big issue, yeah. is digging wells. And, and we're told that everything in the Torah is, every part of the Torah is full of, full of Ramazim, but especially when we talk about the Oves, so the Oves you have the Ramban tells us, Maisa Oves Simen Labanim, and everything that was going on was alluding to what's going to be in the future. So what's the story with digging of wells? So that's what we're going to see some beautiful Ramazim here tonight. The Perik says, the Pasik says in Perik Chavav, it's a few Psukim. We'll read the Psukim, Pasik Yutes. Avde Yitzchak Benachal Chayim. The servants of Yitzchak, they, uh, they dug in the valley and they found a, uh, a well of a live, uh, of giving forth live water, live stream of water. But it didn't go well. Yitzchak, the, um, the shepherds of Grur. Mm-hmm. Fought with the shepherds of Yitzchak. They said it's our water. Mm-hmm. The name of this well was called Asek, which is arguments, because of the argument that there was over the well. Further, they dug another well. This one also there was battle over. Masitna was called Sitna, which is also a word describing uh, argument and fights and quarrels. Chavez, Vayatach Misham, he moved from there, Vayachber Be'er Acheres, he built, he built, he, um, he dug a new um, well, V'loy Ravu Aleho. This one they did not fight over, Vayukrash Mar Rechavez, and he called it Rechavez, which means expansiveness. Vayemir said, Ki Ata Hirchiv Hashem Lanu, now Hashem has given us this expansiveness, Ufarinu Baaretz, we'll be able to multiply in the land. So this is the story of the wells. He digs one well, and there's arguments over it. Digs another well, and there's further arguments over it. And the wells are named for argument. And he digs a third well, and this one, Baruch Hashem, no arguments. And he calls it Rechovos. That he named certain wells that they stopped up, the same names that I That's before that, right. The the first thing he did was that he he re-dug the wells that were dug in time of Avram. But these were his own. This is his own wells, new wells that Yitzchak dug, and we have here these three wells, two of them that come along with argument, and one of them that comes along with peace. Says the Ramban, and that's in the next paragraph here, Ramban says, let's explain what's the story with these wells that are being dug. He says, Vayikra Shama Be'er Eisek, I'm not going to read all the words, but we'll go through the basic idea. Mm-hmm. The Pasuk tells us in, in detail about the wells, the wells that Yitzchak is digging. On a simple level, the story doesn't tell us anything. It's also not a great honor to Yitzchak. Mm-hmm. No, that's the great, the great thing we talk about our father Yitzchak, that he was a well digger. Both Yitzchak and Avram were involved in wells. 
in wells. Avoyash bedaver inyan nistar There's there's ideas that are hidden within what's going on. Again, the Ramban is, is very strong about this. Everything of the Ovis carries great secrets for the future. This is coming to tell us and show us and actually empower us for the future. The well giving forth live water. This is alluding to the house for Hashem. The Yitzchak's descendants is going to make, which is of course the Beis Hamikdash, and as soon as right away we're on track to think about three wells, three Beis Hamikdashes of the, you know, the two that two of the past, and one with Mashiach. This is why it's called the well of live water. Like the Manavi says, Mekar Mayim Chaim as Hashem. And Navi talks about Hashem being the source of, of of life and the source of of water, which is uh, which is, represents life. And he says, Vikara Rishin Asik, he called the first well arguments. Yirma is Labayas Arishin, that was alluding to the first base of Mikdash. Asher his asku imanu, that the 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 um the our enemies, the Babylonians, they fought with us. We went through a number of different battles, a number of machlekes, until the first place of Mikdash was destroyed. We know the destruction of the first place of Mikdash wasn't in one shot. You know, there was the first, the exiling of the ten tribes, and then there was the beginning of the two tribes, and then the first goal, the second goal. The first place of Mikdash was destroyed over a number of battles and a number of periods of time. So he says, therefore, the first well was called Asek because of the battles of the shepherds, and this was alluding to the future when there's going to be the first place of Mikdash over which there's going to be battles. Vahasheni, the second well, Karash Masitna, he called it Sitna, which is again, um, war, battle. Shem Koshem which is more of a difficult type of battle than the first. Vahasheni, that's the second place of Mikdash. Shakara Isekishmoi, and he was calling it, and which was actually going to be written many, many years later um, in the Navi Ezra. It says, That Achashverish writes, Sitna, Sitna is that uh, same word, Satan, which is the same type of arguments and, and battles against Yehuda and Yerushalayim. All of the days of the second base of Mikdash were days of battle. If you remember, the first base of Mikdash, at least when it was built, we had our independence. It was built through Shlomo Melech. Um, and for many, many, you know, some of the time it was good, some of the time it was bad. The second base of Mikdash, we didn't have one good day. I mean, it was, the second base of Mikdash was built with permission from Persians. We never had independence. We never, we never had independence. We never had a Jewish king throughout the entire time of the second base of Mikdash. The majority of the Jewish people weren't in Eretz Yisrael during the time of the second base of Mikdash. So it was a, uh, I mean, it was better than nothing, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't a good time for the Jewish people. I mean, then you have the story of Hanukkah, you have the story with the, in the first one of the Persians, then one of the Greeks, then one of the Romans. It was uh, from one side to another, in the second Mesopotamia. So that's the idea of Sitna. What's the difference between the two, the Machlokas? I don't get it. The first, the Machlokas are the first, uh, first of all, it's called, the words. The words, that, the first one is called Asek, the second is Sitna. Sitna is a much harsher term for, for fighting and battles. Because our enemies are fighting us. Yeah, the second, the, during, the second again, the first one is Asek, which is a fight. Sitna is a much, much more uh, continuous fight, much more, much stronger, much worse battle. Yeah, so he's saying, the second Mesa Mikdash was much, we were much worse off than the first Mesa Mikdash. Therefore, the second Be'er of Yitzchak 
is called with a worse name of Sitna, which is a more. I wonder uh, if because uh, we have, uh, you know a lot of it, we understand that the second base of Mikdash was destroyed also because of Sinah. Excellent. We'll get to that. So maybe. It's, here, here, don't steal my thumbnail. We'll get to that. Sorry. <laughs> you also looked ahead, right? I did. So why for the third one, he says that yeah, that Yitzchak had to move away to get get more room to move away from these people. Right. So others will be in the same place, won't it? Right. Others firms say moving away represents going to a different madrig, a higher level. Mm-hmm. That's in a much. We'll be in a much higher level at that point. At that point, right? Where Ramban doesn't say that. Others say that. So he says here, Vashlishi Kara Rechovos, the third one he called Rechovos, which is expansiveness. Hu Abayis Ha'osid, that's the base of Mikdash, or the future, Sheibana B'mehir B'meinish, should be built speedily. V'huyaseh B'leirivu Matzadir, there won't be any arguments when he fights. V'akel Yarchi V'zvuleinu Hashem will broaden the borders of Eretz Yisrael, Commission Emer, as the Pasek says, V'im Yarchi V'ashem Alakecha Zvulcha, Kashadiber V'goymer, that there will come a time when Hashem will broaden the borders of Eretz Yisrael, which will be in the future. Concerning the third base of Mikdash, the Navi says in the Chaskel, will be broader and wider and greater, higher and higher, Farinu Baras will multiply in the land, that all the nations will all serve Hashem in unison together. That's the Ramban. So the Ramban tells us that this seemingly just somewhat strange story of Yitzchak was really Yitzchak laying the groundwork for the entire future of Klal Yisrael. Mm-hmm. And when Yitzchak Avinu was digging wells, and wells is again, Mayim Chaim, that, that life water, which life-giving water. So he's really a- accomplishing for us, he's a trailblazer. And he's accomplishing in his way, laying the, uh, laying the groundwork for the entire future, including the three Bate Mikdash. And that's why the first two, there was fights and arguments, and the second was worse than the first, and the third one was good, because this was the Maisa of his Simila Bonim that the others did, which carry the kayak for the children of the three Batei Mikdash. That's the Rambam. Now, in the, in another commentary on the Chumash is the Klei Yoker, who comes, uh, you know, it's a, it's a couple hundred years after the Ramban. Um, and he bases on the Ramban, but he adds. And he brings in the idea that Lenny was mentioning. He's, he writes, he prefers, he quotes the Ramban, which I didn't quote from the beginning. But then he says, ani mishali. I want to add on my own, to go more into detail, that should fit with this drusha of the Ramban. And he says that the arguments is not just the arguments amongst the nations, it's the arguments amongst us that causes, when we argue amongst our, ourselves, that causes the arguments and the divisiveness with the nations as well. And he says the following, know what our sages told us, and he quotes the Gemara from Mesech Yuma, in the time of the first base of Mikdash, there was, um, there was a lot of infighting, but not amongst all the common Jews, but amongst the leaders of the Jewish people. You know, the story of the first base of Mikdash is the story where the, two, the kingdom of Yisrael split apart. We have two kingdoms. So there's a tremendous rift and split between the leaders of Klal Yisrael. There was a time the, the infighting was primarily between the leadership. Commission um, as it says in Yirmiyahu, the Jewish people are called, they have, have leaders, they're called shepherds, and those shepherds fought, starting from the break of Melucha with Yeravam ben Nevat and Rechavam, the son of Shlomo Malach. And he says, habayis. ultimately the first place in Mikdash was destroyed, Besibas Hameriva, Shehoitza ben Malchi Yisrael, Malchi Yehuda, 
What ultimately caused the ultimate destruction was the fact that there was two kingdoms. The fight between the kingdom of Malchi Yisrael, the ten tribes, Malchi Yudah, the two tribes. Ubevayasheni, the second base of Mikdash, Hayamidas Asinas Chinam bin Kol Yisrael. Bayasheni, that's when everyone fought with each other. He pasa hanega bekulam adle in marpe. This nega, he calls it, a nega is a. A nega is like a. I don't know if leprosy, saras is leprosy. Nega is a um, plague. Maybe this this like this plague spread to everyone that everyone had sinas chinam. Um, he says it was like you couldn't even heal it. It was so bad. And that's he says that's what's going on. He said now if you look back at the pasuk, okay, bebei and by the first well the Yitzchak dug, it says. It was a battle of the shepherds. Because that was, that's alluding to the future. That in the time of the first base of Mikdash, there's going to be battle and infighting between the leaders of Kal Yisrael. Once the leaders fight, that causes the leaders of other nations fought with the Jewish people. Then we come, he digs the second well. Here to this fighting, he says. Here it doesn't say anything about shepherds fighting. It just says fighting. Period. It doesn't mention the shepherds. Remez, this is alluding to the the fighting, the infighting during the second base It's called sitna. Sitna is from the word the satan. There's no real reason to fight. The Satan was just there, flaming up the flames of Machlekes and Sinas Chinam. And that's why the second was a mixture was destroyed. Says, he, he says, But finally, when it came to the third well, there was no fighting. The third base of Mikdash is going to be built through Mashiach. Concerning whom it says, He'll bring Shalom to the world. There will be peace and truth in his times. And then he says something beautiful. He says, it was called Rehovos. Rehovos means expansiveness, right? And then he says, that will multiply in the land. What's, why is it called expansiveness and multiplication? What is he saying? So the Galeacher says something very beautiful. He says, when people are fighting, as much space as there is, there isn't enough space for two people. If you're in a fight, you can't get, it doesn't matter if you live in, in Illinois, it doesn't matter. He says, when people are in peace, as little space as there is, and as many people as there's place for everyone. And that's what it means. He called it Rechoyves, this place for everyone, even Kifarinu Baharats, even when we multiply their space, when there's, when there's two shalom between people. And that's what he says. He says, Alkain, on the second line, Alkain Nikr Rechoyves, and it's called expansiveness, Ki az Yarkev Hashem Azgulam, Hashem will give us a broad expansion. Ki Bizman Shamiriva Mesuya, when there's fighting, or two people to, to Yidin are fighting. Even if there'll be in a huge city like Antuchia, I don't know what Antuchia is, it seems one of the old time huge cities. Even a major metropolis doesn't have place for two people who are in a fight. Even if there's so much space, they, they can't handle each other. He says, as we see this nowadays, this way that people don't get along, there's no, there's no space. 
בהיפך זה בזמן ששולם על ישראל נתיים ופיס אף על פי שפרינו בארץ even though we, we multiply in the land ויהיו אדורם על הרבים מיידר כמו many many people מכל מקום רחב אס ידיים להם ואינצר להם this place for everyone על כן נאמר that's why it says כי הרחב השם לנו that השם gave us broadness expansiveness אף על פי שפרינו בארץ even though we multiplied ויהיו אדורם על הרבים And there's so many people, it seems like there's expansiveness in space because of the sholem that there is between people. So that's what the Kliyakar adds to the Ramban's Pirush. The Ramban talked about the fact that fighting, fighting, and sholem, the first two Batimikdash were destroyed, and the third is sholem, Kliyakar brought it home and talked about the infighting, infighting amongst Lai, so the leaders in the first base of Mikdash, everyone in the second base of Mikdash, and ultimately in the time of Mashiach, a time of peace, is the time to Gazont. where there is a place for everyone to gesund and people can handle each other and give space for each other. And obviously it's not just a nice drash, but it's saying that in order to be zeichet to Mashiach, that's something we have to work on, is on the concept of shalom and acceptance of another yid of another person. That is from the Rabban and the Kriyakar. I want to add one um, Hasidic insight into this, and that is, um, everything having been said, why, why is the Beis HaMiklash alluded to as a be'er, as dafka, a wealth? What's so unique? Hashem was the be'er. Right, but, but I understand, but in the story of Yitzchak, you got wells. So yeah. it's these wells that they are representing the Beis HaMikdash. What is the unique, specific connection of a well in the Beis HaMikdash? So it's an interesting concept, and I have a couple of words here. There is three types of bodies of water in Halacha. There's a Mikvah, there's a Mayan, and there's a Be'er. This is in Halacha, Mishnais, especially in Mikvahs. What's the difference between a Mikvah and a Mayan and a Be'er? So a Mikvah means... a place where you gather water. It's man-made, and you gather water. You build yourself a pool. A pool of water is called a mikvah. A mikvah mayim, right? A gathering of water. Mayon is a, uh, is a, is a spring that uh, man doesn't do anything, right? It's not done with you. There's the springs that, that you find that, that just flow freely. So they're not made by man. What's a be'er? Is a be'er a man-made um, gathering of water, or is it something that comes from itself? Interestingly, a be'er, a well, is a uh, put-together of both. It's a combination. Because what is it? On the one hand, a well is not just like you're in the middle of the you know, forest and the spring comes forth. You dig. You dig deep for the well. But once you dig deep, you hit the, the water which comes up on its own from under the earth. So it's not like you make a swimming pool and you, you, know, you dig a pool and you fill it up with water. You dig, you dig, you dig, and finally in the water, the living water comes up from under the earth. That is very interesting, interestingly connected to the Beis HaMikdash. Because what is Beis HaMikdash? Is it a place of godly revelation? Or is it a place, a place where the person has to work to create that godly revelation? Both. The Pasuk says, V'asu li mikdash v'shachamti b'socham. Make for me a sanctuary, and then I will dwell amongst you. So we see clearly that the Mishkan, the Beis HaMikdash, is a put-together of man's avoda and Hashem resting within man's avoda, And that's the Be'er. Now sometimes we just get a gift from Hashem. That's like a Mayan, this water that comes forth from Hashem. Sometimes it's just up to do it and work and work, you know, do what we got to do and, and, and create what we can. The, base, the ultimate concept of a mishkan, a base of mikdash, of ashra, sashkina, when the shkina is by a person, is when a person puts in tremendous effort. A person tries, then gives it, gives it their all, gives it all they got, and then Hashem gives his shkina from above. And that's the two, the two steps. The asuli mikdash, b'socham, and that's why that's uniquely connected, connected to a be'er, which is again put together of these two.
conceptually it's a mikvah too. We build the mikvah, but we use you know, we don't use tap water. Exactly. That's true. That's true. The kosher mikvah is one that must be connected to some type of water that comes directly. Exactly. Which is the same idea, the Besamekdash. But in Hebrew, the word mikvah is just a gathering of water. Right? In, in Hebrew, uh, a swimming pool is a mikvah. But halachically, the mikvah has to have a bare component. That's correct. That's correct. And that's why the third Besamekdash, which Mr. Shem, we should have speedily, comes through all of that Voda of Klal Yisrael for 1900 years in Golos, and that's why it's going to be the greatest Besamekdash. That's why the Tsar says that's the only Besamekdash that will be permanent. Because it comes through a tremendous avodah of so long, and therefore Hashem's Shekhinah that rests within it afterward, a- after our avodah, is that much greater as well. So that is one idea. We have a couple minutes. Let's hop around one more idea here in the Parsha. So later in the Parsha, we have one of the most famous stories in the Torah, and that is when Yitzchak gives the brachos to. Well, that's the question. <laughs> to who? So initially, Yitzchak calls an Esav and says. I want to give you the brachas. But what does he tell him? Pasuk reads, Perikosayim, Pasuk Dalit, he says, Vaseli matamim. He says, go take your arrow, go hunt for me, and make for me delicacies, kasher hafti, the way I love them, the way I enjoy them, vehevili, bring them to me, v'echela, and I will eat from them, bavur tivarachecha nafshi beterem almost, so that I shall bless you before I pass away. Yitzchak says, basically, make me a good meal, Something that I like, I want to eat and give you a bracha, which is interesting. It's interesting that what's the connection of having a good meal and giving a bracha? Yeah. For here we learn something that a bracha only is given from a time of simcha, a place of simcha. Like when do we do birchas kohanim? Outside of Israel? Only on Yom Tov. Because a time of simcha. And when on Yom Tov? By Musaf. When Dami is almost over, we're on the way to Kiddush. We're in a better mood. But I'm, not, I'm, not making, I'm not making this up. That's Taka why. In other words, a bracha is given in a time of simcha. We see from Yitzchak Avinu, he says, make me a good mood, let's sit down, let's have a festive su'uda, and then I'll be in a place to give you a proper bracha. That's what it says. But it's interesting, but he says, make for me delicacies. And again, understanding that every word in the Torah is exact, and every word of the story of the Avas is exact. What does he mean? Like, make for me different types of delicacies. What exactly was he looking for? And what really was... What's the secret behind what's going on? What's the deeper meaning behind what's going on? And I want to, in very short, give over an idea from Tanya. When he talks about the Balatanya, he talks about that Hashem has two types of things that he enjoys, two types of avodah that he enjoys. One avodah is avodah of tzaddikim. You know, wonderful tzaddikim who are holy and every day is just full of Torah and mitzvahs and holiness and they never have to fight too much with the Yitzhahara, with the evil inclinations and temptations. All he wants is to learn and to daven and to do mitzvahs, tzaddikim, right? You know, I'm not making any assumptions about anyone sitting around this table, who's what, but there is tzaddikim, right? And then there is other people who struggle and they have different types of temptations and they're overcoming the battles and more battles and overcoming and overcoming. It's all different type of avodah. Now, Hashem enjoys both types of avodah. He created both types of people. Hashem created people that have these very holy souls that just... Their life is steeped in Kedusha. That's all they think about and care about and want. And then Hashem created the vast majority of people that don't have such holy souls. They have, they're, they're bound to have battles, internal battles in their Yiddishkeit, in their Avodah Hashem, from the day they're born till the day they die. And every day they overcome a battle. And every day they overcome a, a Nisoyon. And every day they go to learn Torah and Daven, even though they don't understand like the Sadiqim. And every day they overcome... Now, each one of these offers to Hashem a totally different type of nachas. And Hashem has tremendous nachas from both of those types of avodah. Each one in a different way. And in Tanya, he, he compares it to two different types of physical tastes 
that we eat, that we enjoy. There is foods that are naturally good and sweet. They're just good. They're, they're just excellent. Nobody had, you know, you don't have to develop a taste for it. <laughs> you know, nobody has to develop a taste for chocolate. It's just there, right? But then you have the foods that are sour, spicy, hot. Um, they have a, the, um, you know, they have a, uh, what are they called? There's names for this. I forget the names. Acquired taste. It's an acquired taste and it's something that in a raw state, usually you can't even eat this stuff. This stuff has to be prepared properly and then it's a hot horseradish or a spicy food and, and so on. These are stuff that have to be worked and prepared, but then they also become a delicacy. And he says, the Zara says that when Yitzchak is telling Esav, make for me delicacies so that I can bless you, it's really Hashem talking to Klai Yisrael. And Hashem is telling us, give me the delicacies that I want so that you be fit for my bracha. What are the two types of delicacies? The two types of Avodah Hashem. The type of Avodah Hashem like the Tzadikim, which is beautiful and wonderful and Hashem loves it. And the type of Avodah Hashem of the struggling Jew. Of the one who doesn't have it so holy and so easy and struggles every day. And Hashem says, that's also a delicacy for me. And that's why he says, Matamim, Lashon Rabbim. Make for me both types of delicacies. And Klal Yisrael is Ro'i Lebracha, is deserving of Bracha because of both types of delicacies that we bring to Hashem through our Avodah. That's, that's the idea. Let's read it inside. Um, Tanya Perichavzayim. Ushnei mini nachas ruach lefanav yisbarich lemaila. There are two different types of nachas that we give to Hashem. Aleph, one. Mibitala sitrachra legamri. When we get rid of everything negative, vishapcha mimiriru lemiska, we're able to transform the bitter into the sweet. Michashochal and aura from darkness to light. Alidea tzadikim. That's tzadikim. They're able to just banish anything negative from their life. By the time a tzaddik is well into his avoda, there's no evil, there's no evil inclination, there's nothing. Just Kedusha. The Hashem is, but there's the other type of nachas that Hashem has. Kadiskafia sitra when a person suppresses the negative within themselves. Ba'oda bitakfa ugvurasa, when it's still very strong. Umagbiat makanesher, a person has those, the negative side of themselves that sometimes it raises itself up like an eagle. And Hashem brings it down through the work down here, through the regular people. Not the tzaddikim. Most people are never going to be tzaddikim. Most people are going to struggle. And this is what the Pasuk means. And this is Parsha. When it says, Make for me the delicacies the way I love them. Plural, delicacies. Yitzchak said, not just one type, I want both. Shnei mini nachas ruach, both types of nachas. Hu maimer ha lebaneha. This is really the statement of the shechina, of the divine presence to his children. Klolos Yisrael, the general Klal Yisrael, Kedipirish B'tikunim, as explained in the Zohar. Just like in physical delicacies, there's two types. One is from those foods that are sweet, naturally sweet and good. The other is the sharp, spicy foods. That are properly spiced and properly prepared. 
Ashenasu Madanim Lohashiva Nefesh, they too become delicacies to sate, to sate the soul and bring a person time. And Hashem is telling us, Yitzchak is telling Esav, and Hashem is telling each and every one of us that in order to receive Hashem's bracha, we can and should be giving Hashem the nachas either way, whether it's the tzaddik type of nachas or the benini type of nachas. And really every person in their own life operates sometimes in one or sometimes in the other. Sometimes heavier your one hand, sometimes heavier the other hand. But both of them are nachas for Hashem and are source for Hashem's bracha to us. She said, when Rivka told Yaakov, she said to him, go get Shtei. Gedayi Izim. He's not, he's not need two of them, right? Very nice pshat. Maybe the two Gedayi Izim, one is for each one should appear differently. I never heard that, but that's a very nice pshat. Very nice. We need a pair of one sweet and one in a